first time ever I saw your face I thought the sun rose in your eyes and the moon and the stars were the gift you gave to the dark and empty skies, my love To the dark and empty skies The first time ever I kissed your mouth I felt the earth move in my hand like the trembling heart of a captive bird that was there at my command my love That was there at my command First time ever I lay you with you and felt your heart beat next to mine. I thought her joy. Welcome again to the Strange Brew Podcast. My name's Jason Barnard, and that was Peggy Seeger, and the first time I ever saw your face, her stunning new version of that wonderful song, originally written for and about her by Ewan McCall, 
And we'll be hearing Peggy talking about her incredible life story, songwriting and time in music well over 60 years now. So let's hear my chat with Peggy. Peggy. Hello. As soon as I heard your new version of the first time I ever saw your face, I was stunned. It's it's such a beautiful and, and moving version of of what obviously is one of the greatest songs of all time. What was your rationale for recording it again? From my mind, it, it seems to bring an extra poignancy and meaning with the passage of time, but I don't want to necessarily make that assumption. Well, I've sung the song since 1957, and when you and McCall sang it to me over the phone, I took it to be my own, and I treated it like a folk song. If you listen to some of my earlier recordings, I always sang it the same way, with the tune that he made, not the tune that everybody uses. The tune everybody uses, I don't know where they got it, um, but I still sing the tune that he gave me. And I sang it that way for four decades, but my voice won't do it anymore. And for some reason, I, I just stopped singing it for the last 20 years. I didn't feel capable of doing it justice. But last September, I was sitting at the piano, and the piano is the instrument that I feel most at home with. It's the one I learned first when I was six, and it's one that uh, doesn't cause my arthritis a lot of pain. So I started just fussing around with a, a figure that repeated itself over and over on the piano, and then I began singing it and then took it lower because I have a piano that will transpose. And I discovered that I just absolutely loved singing it down there. And I loved singing slower and with more thoughtfulness rather than trying to do the song melodic and harmonic justice. So it was it was an idle thing. And I, Neil and I, my son, we took it out on our October tour. And that was when he added the small bits that are in the background. And then I sang it to my other son and my manager. And they said, "This we're going to put this out as a single. So that's how this came about. And I love it. It's uh, I sing it with completely different feelings in myself because yeah. I have two life partners, one a man and one a woman, three decades plus with each of them. Been there, done that. Been there, done both. So that's the history of, of recording it again. And I really like that, that people seem to like it so much. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wonderful. And the story behind when you first heard the song is also quite emotive as well because you were in America and Ewan was in England is that right? Yes we were estranged we met in in 57 in March and in November I went back to the States because he was married with a child and he was 20 years older than me and that wasn't my idea of what I wanted out of life. He was absolutely devastated with love I wasn't I loved him and I really admired him. I found him fascinating, but I could get up and go and he would not have gotten up and go, gone the state he was in. Midlife crisis, you know. <laughs> and so when he sang it over the phone, it was very rare that we had international calls. They were very expensive yeah. in 1957. It was kind of a casual singing it to me. And he might not even have sung it to me if I hadn't asked I said, Los Angeles Radio, I'm doing a, a show for them on Friday, and they want a, a short, cheerful love song. Right. 
I didn't have any in my folk songs. They're all full of murders and the woman weeping with a, a baby in her arms and daddy's gone somewhere. Uh, or <laughs> there's so much strife and violence and unhappiness in the American folk songs. So this was a cheerful one. And so he said, how about this? And he sang it. I said, that'll do fine. So uh, you obviously recorded that. About a decade later, Roberta Flack recorded her version, which seems to change the music quite a bit. How did you feel about quite a radically different approach? Well, you and, and I were intolerant. We were very closed-minded on things, and we hated it. We hated her version. And the, the tune, I just couldn't figure out. Who has made this tune? Uh, but then sometimes people don't listen carefully enough. They like the tune. They say, oh, I'd love to sing that. But they don't learn the tune, and sometimes they don't learn the words completely. But I have no idea where this came from. There are conflicting stories about who heard me sing it, and they sang it for someone else, and that someone else sang it for someone else. Right. And that one sang it for Roberta Flack, who recorded it, and it was heard on Clint Eastwood's Play Misty for me, and that was it. It's been covered over a thousand times. Wow. Musicians each in their own styles. And that is fascinating to listen to. And sometimes singers just sing it to show their voices off. Sometimes they sing it with what you call milking it to show how deeply they are involved in the emotions. But folk music generally understates things. Yeah. And folk songs, the way I know them, they give you the bones of a situation and you flesh it out with your own imagination. And that's what you do with this song. So many people, millions and millions and millions of millions will have had that three verses happen to them. The first time ever I saw your face, the first time ever I kissed your mouth, the first time ever I slept with you. And that's the story of a lot of people's first times ever. So I think that resonates uh, with a lot of people is they could put their own feelings into it because the verses are so, so skeletal that they can make the song their own just with their own imaginations. And you referred to the American folk music and your background and even in your early years and your the family environment when you were raised in was just embodied with music and, and folk. You bet. Absolutely, completely. I started out as a folk singer. I don't refer to myself as a folk singer. I refer to myself as a singer of folk songs because I learned them from records or I learned them from other people who learned them from the basic sources. I wasn't brought up in an Appalachian cabin where that was the only form of music, but I was brought up on recordings of people in Appalachian cabins. So I knew roughly how they should be sung. And you sing them deadpan. Folk songs, you don't pour histrionics into them. You sing the story, and because they come from a community, the community knows the story, and they, it's part of their tradition that they're bringing forward to them. Though so, I was part of that, but, but second remove. So I find First Time Ever is very like a folk song. It has one basic poetic feature, which is called incremental repetition. That is, you have a phrase, and it occurs now, and then it occurs later, 
and then it occurs later, and each time it moves the story on. So uh, the first time ever, each time it appears, those three times, that's incremental repetition because what follows is a step forward in the relationship. It's a fascinating, and it's so simple. People can remember it, and they can sing the whole, all of the words, which an awful lot of people seem not able to do when it was pop songs. They don't seem to be able to quote actual words. Although most pop songs aren't heavy on the words. They're more melody, showing off your voice or your ability to play the guitar or the band doing the chicken walk, you know, while they're walking <laughs> on the stage. It's more performance. To me, that song was never performance. It was throwing yourself into memory, deep, deep memory, a song written by a man who loved me and who left his wife and child for me. And we had 33 years together. And it was a lovely life and a happy love song. I was asking you about your early years, and I've been listening to many of your wonderful material. And one of the songs uh, that you've recorded relatively more recently seems to hark back to your early period. And I wanted to ask you about that. Everything changes. Is that about you and your early years? Uh, it's about me going back to uh, one of the houses I was brought up in. And the area was still the same, but the house was completely gutted and changed. It's more imaginary because so many people, they grow up in a place, they go back, and they can't even find the streets because they've all been dug up and uh, housing developments have been put on them. I mean, Ewan McCall, he grew up in Coburg Street in Salford, or Lower Broughton, and he took me there in 1956 to see where he'd been brought up. And it was like something out of out of Dickens, honest to God. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> me being brought up in a comfortable upper middle class house in Washington, D.C., this was throwing me in at the deep end. The next time we went, went there, uh, the developers had been in and they just wiped out all of the neighborhood that he knew. And they changed the names of the streets and they put ticky-tacky houses there. And then another 20 years passes by, we went again, and they, they wiped all of those ticky-tacky houses out and put more in, different in. Uh, and once again, different streets. Uh, maybe they're building better now, I don't know. But I mean, <laughs> those houses were built to withstand doomsday. They were heavy stone, and the streets were cobbled when Ewan was brought up. But me, most of what I remember of the neighborhood I was brought in brought up in from eight onward, is still the same. The house isn't, but uh, zero up to eight, uh, the area that I grew up in, <laughs> it was the last, there was a one block street, and at the end of the street were cornfields, that was farm. And <laughs> there were only about 24 houses on this one block. And our address was 10,001 Dallas Avenue. Yeah. And when I went back to see the house, it had all been filled in, just everything filled in. Houses, 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 houses. Uh, which is what they're trying to do now with a lot of the, the housing developments in Oxford. They're determined to make a city out of it, and they're ruining the country. They're changing all kinds of old communities. They're ruining it. So uh, there's more an idea in everything changes. And that, that song developed fairly quickly. Right. I got the basic ideas. 
And then my partner, Irene, she got busy with her red pen, pencil, and then Callum came in on it and put a wonderful accompaniment and ideas on it. So, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. It's a good song. The house I lived in when I was a child had woods. We all ran wild. You could hide, then come home after a while. The town I lived in when I was young. Everybody knew my name. The world was my own. Safe in the dark, playing games. Till Mama called me home. But that was then, now it's now Everything changes, somehow The house I lived in, the town I lived in Everything changes, everything hmm. I live in, in my hometown, the trees, the city cut them down, it's all changed, you can't hide, the house stands here, lonely and strange, I sit and cry, the children, their world's on a screen. me home But that was then Now it's now Everything changes Somehow The house I live in The world I live in Everything changes Everything Out here 
So, Alan Lomax, he was the reason why you came over to the UK the first time, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was backpacking around Europe and uh, he tracked me down and phoned up and he dangled a TV program in front of me. And so I, I was ready for anything back then. I was 20. So I came over and it turned out that the TV thing was only a day's work, well paid, a day's work. His real idea was to start a group that was the answer to the Weavers, which was my brother Pete's uh, band, Quartet. So we, we were the Manchester, Manchester Ramblers, and we, were, we didn't make it, and we didn't deserve to make it. We weren't good enough. But we had a good time, and Ewan and I cemented our relationship during that. Your songwriting seemed to blossom, certainly when you're over here in Europe. And the Ballad of Spring Hill is a song that that now is, in some areas, is seen as a a traditional song. Lovely. I love that. That's success when they don't know who wrote what you wrote. In Ireland, the the Shoals of Herring, which Ewan wrote, in Ireland, people who don't know better call it the Shores of Erin. Yeah. So if you can write close enough to the folk tradition that people don't know who, who wrote it, I think that's wonderful. Ewan wrote one of the verses of the Ballad of Spring because I'd never been down the mine, so he he wrote one of the verses. But I wrote that song when I was uh, in France, not able to get back to England. Yeah, I watched it all happen on television. Gosh. Yeah, it was the first time that they had they had uh, televised live a mine disaster. That's one of I think my most successful folk type songs. Town of Spring Hill, Nova Scotia Down in the dark of the Cumberland mine There's blood on the coal and the miners lie In the roads that never saw sun or sky Roads that never saw sun or sky In the town of Spring Hill you don't sleep easy Often the earth will tremble and roll When the earth is restless, miners die Bone and blood is the price of coal Bone and blood is the price of coal In the town of Spring Hill, Nova Scotia Late in the year of 58 Day still comes and the sun still shines But it's dark as the grave in the Cumberland mine Dark as the grave in the Cumberland mine Down at the coalface miners working Rattle of the belts and the cutter's blade Rumble of rock and the walls close round The living and the dead men two miles down Living and the dead men two miles down Twelve men lay two miles from the pit shaft Twelve men lay in 
the dark and sang Long hot days in a miner's tomb It was three feet high and a hundred long Three feet high and a hundred long Passed and the lamps gave out And Caleb rushed on me up and said There's no more water, nor light, nor bread So we'll live on songs and hope instead Live on songs and hope instead Listen for the shouts of the barefaced miners Listen through the rubble for the rescue team Six hundred feet of coal and slag Hope imprisoned in a three-foot seam Hope imprisoned in a three-foot seam Eight days passed and some were rescued Leaving the dead to lie alone Through all their lives they dug a grave Two miles of earth for a marking stone Two miles of earth for a marking stone One of the other songs that I love of yours is Song of Myself and that paints a vivid picture of your time and recalling where you were in your life at the time. But politics started to come in a bit more. The minute I got together with you and McCall, politics was the third the third entity in our marriage. <laughs> you and me and politics. He was what are now considered to be movement politics. That is labour Workers versus the boss. Yeah. It still is that to a certain extent, but we've moved on from that when we lost a lot of the big industry or when it was taken away from us and moved to other countries. But this is not the country I moved into in 1959, definitely not. Well, the big industries are all gone, except there's a bit of it left in steel, I think, and the unions have been gutted. I mean, Ewan would have been heartbroken at what's happened to them, the Labour Party mm. and to the uh, left-wing movement. So I moved from movement politics to feminism, and then I got involved with ecology because ecology and feminism go together. Women and nature are to be dealt with, shall we say, by the patriarchy. And so I moved up from conservation to environmentalism to ecology, to global ecology, to Ecofeminist. So tying the battle from women with nature is where I am now, because women and nature, so many of the objectors now to what's happening in the world are women, young, young girls, huge number of young girls rather than young men are like Greta Thunberg are there seeing what's really happening. That doesn't mean the men aren't seeing what's happening, but I think women, our bodies are more attuned to nature. We have monthly cycles. We give birth to life. We hold life in our wombs. We give birth to it, and we know the value of it. It's not to be spurned, the value that you give to creating life. So that's pretty much where I am now. So I've written songs for all of that, and it's all called politics. Ewan had, he had his own definition of politics. He says it's the science of human organization. <laughs> 
Yeah. I don't know if that holds true. I'll have to ask Alexa or Siri. <laughs> I love those who labor. I sing of the farmers and weavers and fishermen and miners as well. Now all you who hear me, I pray you draw near me. Before you grow weary, I'll sing of myself. I was brought up in plenty until I was twenty. A joy to myself as but children can be. A joy to my father, a joy to my mother. The pain of my country was nothing to me. My school days being over, I became a rover to Russia and China, to France and to Spain. I lived at my leisure, I lived but for pleasure, and so none the wiser to England I came. I thought it no danger to follow a stranger, but with time changing a friend he became. For the joys of a lover can equal no other forever anew, and yet always the same. Good fortune attending, we don't lack a living. Our children a blessing, our joy to renew. But to live amid plenty can only torment me when the wealth of the country belongs to the few. I join with the angry, I join with the hungry. For long years of anguish the price will be paid. To hate and to anger, I am not a stranger. I welcome the danger, and yet I'm afraid. For I fear the fate of the rebels and fighters who ransom the future with torture and pain. As the trial comes near, if I find I can dare it with joy, I will share it, no longer afraid. For I've learned to be angry, I've learned to be lonely, I've learned to be many, I've learned to be one. I've earned all my friends, even foes will commend me. I stand with the many. I am not alone. In the presence of fighters, I find a new peace. In the company of workers, replenish myself. 
of miners and weavers, of rebels and dreamers. When I sing of my brothers, I sing of myself. I'm Gonna Be an Engineer is now an anthem of the feminist movement. Was that one of the first songs that you wrote that really started to move into that space? Well, it was the first feminist song that I wrote because being part of, of a heterosexual relationship and being part of the labour working class movement, when I first started getting involved in feminism, there was socialist feminists and there was radical feminists. Socialist feminists, I, I think that's what they call themselves, is that take over big industry and the working class comes to the top and then we can free women. But the radical feminists say, we are more than half of the, of the population. You free the women so we can be equal in bringing things forward. And Ewan and I used to have a lot of arguments about that because he was definitely very macho. And of course, big industry is very macho. And we're trying to make what's happening now in, in the global climate thing is more and more people are engaging in small efforts on our own patch. But I forget who it was who called it the blessed unrest, the rising up at a local level on this little issue and this little issue and this little issue and this little issue. And that adds up like drops in a bucket. And we all have to fight our own on our own turf. And that's where I'm at now. My political job right now is to help save the last four acres of the village that I live in. Housing has taken away 20 of the 24 acres that we had 50 years ago. We're just looking for a little bit of green. Oh, let's put three houses in there. They look for a bit, little bit bigger. Oh, let's put four houses in here. And the green is gone. The nature of the place is gone. And uh, we do need houses, definitely. But there's so much brownfield land. And if you, other councils are like ours, they're saving the brownfield land for their new science parks and their student dormitories. And, and they're creating jobs by the thousands, but no homes for the people who come to live in them. And then they say, we need housing, so we're going to take your green fields. So that's what I'm involved in now. It's a very small project, but I'm watching the way it's mostly at this point, the women who are tackling the nature aspect of the field are absolutely mustered on it. It's so interesting watching because it's very different from meetings with the uh, old Labour Party that I attended so many meetings where I was, let's take a vote on that, comrades. There's a moot point here and battles uh, who's going to be the top honcho I mean I finally let, stopped going to those meetings and so did Ewan because the aggressiveness and the need to be at the top was so oppressive but we don't have that in the group that we're working with which is mostly women so uh, where do you go from here after you're trying to save the planet <laughs> well the planet will go on it's us that'll get cold the planet will continue, it'll adjust, yeah. species will disappear, new species will come up, but human beings won't be able to survive in the world that we're making for ourselves. I don't think so anyway. When I was a little girl, I wished I was a boy. I tagged along behind the gang and wore me corduroys. Everybody said I only did it to annoy, but I was going to be an idiot. 
mama told me, can't you be a lady? Your duty is to make me the mother of a pearl. Wait until you're older, dear, and maybe you'll be glad that you're a girl. A dainty as a dress and statue, gentle as a Jersey cow. Smooth as silk, gives creamy milk. Learn to coo, learn to moo. That's what you do to be a lady now. When I went to school, I learned to write and how to read some history, geography, and home economy. And typing is a skill that every girl is sure to need to while away the extra time until the time to breed. Then they had the nerve to say, but would you like to be? I says, I'm gonna be an engineer. No, you only need to learn to be a lady. The duty isn't yours for to try and run the world. An engineer could never have a baby. Remember, dear, that you're a girl. She's smart for a woman. I wonder how she got that way. You get no choice, you get no voice. Just stay mum, pretend you're dumb. And that's how you come to be a lady today. Jimmy come along and we set up a conjugation We were busy every night with love and recreation I spent the day at work so he could get his education Well now he's an engineer He says I know you'll always be a lady It's the duty of my darling to love me all her life Could an engineer look after or obey me Remember dear that you're my Jimmy got a job, I began again Then happy at me, terribly the year or so And then the morning that the twins were born Jimmy says to them, kids, your mother was an engineer You owe it to the kids to be a lady Dainty as a dish rag, faithful as a child Stay at home, you got to mind the baby Remember you're a mother now Every time I turn around, it's something else to do. It's cook a meal, mend a sock, sweep a floor or two. I listen to Jimmy Young, it makes me want to spew. I was gonna be an engineer. Don't I really wish that I could be a lady? I could do the lovely things that a lady's supposed to do. I wouldn't even mind if only they would pay me. And I could be a person too. What price for a woman? Buy her for a ring of gold To love and obey Without any pay You get a cook and a nurse For better or worse You don't need a purse When the lady is sold Ah, but now the times are harder And me Jimmy's got the sack I went down to Vickers They were glad to have me back But I'm a third-class citizen My wages tell me that And I'm a first-class engineer The boss, he says We pay you as a lady only got the job cause I can't afford a man With you I keep the profits highest maybe You're just a cheaper pair of hands You got one fault, you're a woman You're not worth the equal pay A bitch or a tart, you're nothing but hard Shallow and vain, you got no brain You even go down the drain like a lady today well, I listened to my mother and I joined a typing pool. I listened to my lover and I put him through his school. But if I listen to the boss, I'm just a bloody fool and an underpaid engineer. I've been a sucker ever since I was a baby, as a daughter, as a wife, as a mother and a dear. But I fight them as a woman, not a lady. 
fight them as an engineer. You've also touched on the theme of war at, at times, and, and the song Song of Choice seems to be one of those. And some of the sentiments in that, which mm-hmm. refers to people acquiescing to authority, and with that becomes the risk of fascism. And you can see that in, in many countries today. So some of those songs that were written over 50 years ago still resonate now. Yeah, well, the situation is still the same. It's just more acute now. You wrote a song called The Ballad of Accounting. It's a, a series of questions, one question after another, one question after another. It's a very powerful form. It's, he wrote it, I think, roughly in 1970, somewhere around there, and it's way ahead. Yeah. You never know what will be taken up. You never know. I'm amazed that going to be an engineer is sung by other people because there's so many words. It has quite a large range, so many guitar chords, but never underestimate if people want to sing something, they will. When they had the Million Woman March, in Washington, D.C., a couple of years ago, at the head of one of the phalanxes of marchers, all women, was this marvelous line of about 10, 12 young women, some older, but mostly young, and they were all singing the same song in unison. They weren't trying to make harmony, and unison is so important, especially when you're in that situation. And it was the song that I made called Reclaim the Night because that is virtually relating, it correlates rape with domestic violence, with the way the system works as far as paying people for their work. In other words, raping the working class. They are subjected to decisions not of their own choice, but which ruin their lives. And it's very complicated, and they were marvelous. They all sang in unison, just marching forward. These 10 women sang it beautifully. It's a credo. That's what it is. I guess that's one of the wonderful things about writing and and releasing songs in that they go out there, but then they can take the life of their own and and be really resonant for many people. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That one... Song of Choice will never be a folk song. It'll never be something like Ballad of Spring Hill. And Ballad of Accounting won't be one either, nor will Reclaim the Night. If I have any claim to being unique, it's that I was brought up with the knowledge of classical folk music. My mother was a composer. My father was an ethnomusicologist and music professor. And I was brought up with classical music and knowledge of its basis. And much of our folk music is based on that harmonic system. So had that on the one side, the music of the elite. And on the other side, my childhood, if you read my my memoir, my childhood up until the age of about 10 was listening to my mother transcribe folk songs that had been collected by the, the Lomaxes to put into books. And she had to play them over and over again while she was transposing them onto paper. And as kids, we learned them while she was doing that. So I learned how they sang. I learned a huge number of their songs. And in a way, I learned a simple enough way of singing that I can do first time ever with milk, without milking it. I sing it like a folk song. Early every year, the 
the seeds are growing Unseen, unheard, they lie beneath the ground Would you know until their leaves are showing That with weeds all your garden will abound If you close your eyes, stop your ears, hold your tongue Then how can you know For seeds you cannot see may not be there Seeds you cannot hear may never grow In January you still got the choice You can cut the weeds before they start to bud If you leave them to grow high They'll silence your voice And in December you may pay with your blood So close your eyes, stop your ears Close your mouth, take it slow Let others take the lead and you bring up the rear And later you can say you didn't know Every day another vulture takes flight There's another danger born every morning In the darkness of your blindness The beast will learn to bite How can you fight if you can't recognize a warning? So close your eyes, stop your ears Close your mouth, take it slow Let others take the lead and you bring up the rear And later you can say you didn't know Today you may earn a living wage Tomorrow you may be on the dole Though there's millions going hungry you needn't disengage For it's them not you that's fallen in the hole So close your eyes, stop your ears, close your mouth, take it slow Let others take the lead and you bring up the rear And later you can say you didn't know Today the soldiers took away one Tomorrow they may take away two One April they took away Greece But surely they will never take you So close your eyes, stop your ears, close your mouth, take it slow Let others take the lead and you bring up the rear And later you can say you didn't know It's all right for you if you run with the pack It's all right if you agree with all they do If fascism is slowly climbing back It's not here yet, so what's it got to do with you? So close your eyes, stop your ears, close your mouth, take it slow Let others take the lead and you bring up the rear And later you can say you didn't know The weeds are all around us and they're growing It will soon be too late for the night If you leave them on the wind that around the world is blowing You may pay for your silence with your life So close your eyes, stop your ears, close your mouth and never dare And if it happens here, they'll never come for you Because they'll know you really didn't care Lots of time Just a beautiful song and, and the lyrics are just wonderful Our dream is old, our dream is always new A dream ever with us, it was with us from the start What was in your mind when, when you were writing that? Um, I think I might have written it when you started getting heart tremors. Have you any idea what year it was? 
uh, was it early 1980s or yeah that would be it because he got his first heart tremors in 1979 right and i began to envisage losing him yeah yes i wrote several songs like that personal songs and you have to be very careful with personal songs you don't want to be full of clichés and and full of uh, kind of like women's magazines they used to call them i'm thinking of the word not nostalgia uh, kitsch something like mm. that in a way you have to express as much as possible a feeling that it is yours but you know that someone else could take that exact same line and apply it to their life and i live in a village that has a huge number of of older widows who've lost their husbands and uh, my sister lives in a, a facility in las vegas there's 300 older people in there and about 250 of them are older women who've lost their husbands so i was so afraid of losing him and uh, 1979 i have been tense since 1979 i learned to be fearful and i lost a lot of my my young happy, happiness mm. but it is a good song
start the dream that all could live as lovers do a dream coming nearer though it always seems afar but to die before we see that dream come true only that could break my You were touching about the political element earlier and um, Harry Greenham home. Mm-hmm. That seems to represent the time that you had on, on Greenham Common and with uh, other women protesting against the nuclear race. Uh, well, I don't write anthems very well, but that's an anthem. The first time I went there uh, was when the big tent was set up. No, the first time I saw the Greenham Common people, there were women and men. And they had marched from Cardiff, I do believe it was, or maybe Newport. And we sang for them in Melksham. We we did most of our political concerts as benefits and turfed the money back to whoever. And it was so wonderful because they were they all fell asleep. They were so tired with marching. And there were women with kids, women with toddlers, women with their teenage daughters. And they settled themselves down by one of the big gates and someone donated a huge circus tent and everybody lived in it. And it was men and women. I went very early on to that, but we discovered that the men sat around or did manly jobs like going out for firewood, but they didn't cook. They didn't wash up. So we kicked them out and it became a women's camp. Men were welcome to bring blankets and food, but they couldn't stay. They were wonderful days. Yeah. Whenever we turned up, me and members of my nuclear group, anti-nuclear power group, we found lots and lots of dishes to wash, huge pots that soup had been made in. Oh, my God. Because there were a lot of visitors there, and there was always food for everybody. And there was a great big industrial fridge. I think a lot of this has been written up in a book about Greenham. Right. It's an amazing movement, absolutely amazing. And I went away from my first real visit to them with uh, the chorus in my in my head, because that's what they said. Take the message home. Bring the message home. And it's a very simple song and easy to sing. And I don't think at XR Rebellion, I'm not sure that they would use a song that somebody like me write, wrote. I did write a song. It was quite a good song, but it had too many words. And they don't want a lot of words. They just want a slogan that they can charge with along with they are not a singing generation because they have no samples up in front of them with tunes and words they mostly to my knowledge they get guitar riffs and drums and uh, kind of like marching music so i've never learned to write for that they need slogans that they can chant but it was a very inspirational period for you it was extremely very it's my first time of working with women because so far I had worked with Ewan right but Ewan was ill by that time and he supported Greenham Common he would sometimes come down in the car and he would just wait in the car or he would just go walking and then we'd go home but I went down there I slept on the ground uh, slept in the tent when it was raining helped by taking the trash to the garbage dump it was a and watching how the women organized and how they got on. Well, there were fights and things. It wasn't perfect. But there was never a leader. We didn't have a leader. Yeah. 
people, everybody mucked in. If there was anyone who was anywhere near a leader, it was Helen Jones. But she didn't lead the way men want to lead. We, we sat in circles when we talked. We didn't sit in rows like an army. Men and women work very differently in groups. And there's some, <laughs> there's some really tough, aggressive women, believe me, there are. The same way as there's a, a lot of gentle men who don't necessarily want to be the leader. But somehow being together in a political arena like that, an awful lot of personal things come out that you don't know are there. Hand in hand, the line extends all around the nine-mile fence. 30,000 women chant, bring the message home. Carry green up home, yes, near home and far away. Carry green up home. Singing voices rising higher, weave a dove into the wire. There's a song off your last album, The Invisible Woman, which was very striking. That was about feeling ignored? Well, the idea came from my son. 
my son Neil came up for us to write a song together. And so we just talked for the first hour, hour and a half. And he was just about to turn 60, or he just turned 60, I can't remember which. And he said, Mom, I feel invisible. He says, at my age, because he's lost most of his hair, he says, I just feel invisible because I'm old. I thought, you should think you're old because you're 60? What? (laughs) No, 60 is the new 40. And I said, try being a woman of 85 and see what that's like, because we really, you'd be amazed how many people in a room will completely ignore you at your age with white hair. Or they'll come over to say, how are you, dearie? Or they'll try to escort you across the street without you even asking. But I quite like being invisible. So I said, why don't we write a song about being invisible? He was quite happy when it turned out to be about an invisible woman. When I explained to him some of the... uh, some of the treatment that you get. And it isn't aggressive, it's just you don't exist. They look right past you. What a beautiful, beautiful baby Said the face looking down from the sky The neighbor joined in and tickled my chin What a beautiful baby was I Growing up, I made sure of attention Everyone's eyes were on me And into my teens I was never not seen The whole world revolved around me, me, me I was here for the birth of my children I was here, the bell of the ball Eighty years have gone by in the blink of an eye Now it seems that I'm not here at all Here comes the invisible woman She's been on the planet for years You can't make her out, but there's never a doubt The invisible woman is here I strolled down the high street on Sunday In clown shoes and lace underwear Did they notice my dance? Not one single glance So I guess that I can't have been there I can't recall when it first happened Don't know how I became so unseen When my tangible self was put on the shelf These words on the label has been Here comes the invisible woman She's been on the planet for years You can't make her out, but there's never a doubt The invisible woman is here Why should I feel so much less than I am? There's so much more of me now Gray hair, whiskers, wrinkles and such Dressing for comfort, longing for touch It should be so simple, it feels like so much To ask you to see me It's only a feature of nature You will start vanishing too You will get old, left out in the cold 
the ghost army's waiting for you. Like the leaves that fall before winter, like the day that turns into the night. We may not have a choice, but we still have a voice. The invisible gals love a fight. Here comes the invisible woman. She's been on the planet for years. She has plenty to say. She won't go away. The invisible woman is here, here, here. The invisible woman is here. The final song I wanted to ask you about is Heading for Home, a beautiful song from about two decades ago. Again, was that something that, that touched on the theme of mortality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, time's my old friend and death's my new kin. I'm not taking this journey alone. I love this verse. I'm old, I'm young, I'm all that I've been. I hit it on that. Rufus Rainwright has just recorded it. Oh, wow. A beautiful version of it. Very nice. Very, very nice. Sometimes he's he's more lavish and more complicated, but this is very simple. Yeah, I wrote to him. I said, good job, Rufus. Excellent. Uh, but that came from every now and then I used to get uh, people say, how did you write this song? How do you write a song? It's different for every song. But that one appeared very quickly. I think it was probably maybe due to the fact that I'd just driven up t- to Maine from Boston to do a show. And um, it's, a, it's complicated. But I always drove on my own. I took all the instruments in myself. I took the merchandise in. I did the show. I sold things. And the person who organized it was very unorganized. And he and his wife escorted me out to this empty parking lot and helped me put stuff in the van because I had a, a motorhome at the time. And I said, um, my life won't be worth living if you don't give me a check for tonight. He said, oh, it's in the office. So he ran back to the office and left me with his wife talking. And I asked her what she did. And she said, she's a painter. I said, what do you paint? She says, I paint the state of Maine. Now, Maine doesn't have very many citizens in it. It's cold. There's not many hills or things. It's very bleak, a lot of it. It has a coast. And I said, so you're you're painting your home? She said, yeah, Maine is my home. So I began to get interested in the word home. I had a trilogy of albums, Heading for Home, Bring Me Home, and Love Call Me Home, in which I all three of the songs talk about home, because I up sticks and just left in 1995, left my my house in Beckenham, left my family, and went on my own back to America, because I couldn't live in Britain anymore. Everywhere I'd been, I was with Ewan. Mm. And so I was virtually homeless for 16 years, a rented house here, a rented house there. Then I finally bought one in North Carolina. And then I moved again. I was constantly on the move for 16 years looking for home. And I only rent the place that I'm in now. So if she should decide to sell, I'd be happy to look for a home. And it's possible that I might not be able to afford one because I get this one at a 
very, very good rate because I take care of it for her. So the idea of home, I had it for 30 years with you and McCall. I had it for age one to 18 till my mother died. But other than that, I've been on the road. I've been moving, moving around, moving around, moving around. But now I'm high maintenance. And so I keep myself at home here as much as possible. So, and um, just to say, I absolutely loved the first time I ever saw your face, your new version. Do you see this as a, a one-off single or, or part of a, a future album or, or not sure yet? I'll put it on the new album. I'm writing for a new album. I'm writing with other people. Some of the songs are by me. I'm trying to get time to do it. Uh, there's been an awful lot of publicity for this single. Peggy, it's been a pleasure and honour to speak to you and, and thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. Really. It's nice that you know so many of my songs. Wonderful. I enjoyed your questions. So, saying goodbye now. Yeah, you take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My face to the sky My back to the wind Winter is entering my bones The day has been long And night's drawing in And I'm thinking of heading for home And I'm thinking of heading for home Flying south are calling to me And I'm thinking of heading for home And I'm thinking of heading for home Always on the move With banner
Thank you for listening to the strange brew podcast if you do like the show please consider a small donation to help keep the show archive online it's 10 years since i started the podcast and hosting fees are increasing over time all your support keeps the show running and helps me get amazing guests to support me just go to the strangebrew.co.uk where you'll see a donate button on the home page thank you very much Plus, any reviews on your podcast services help to spread the word too. Thank you.